0: In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Blessed third Sunday of Lent. As we read this gospel today, it's one of I think those stories that we all know, we all hear from a very young age, and we actually fall in love with it. Because it's a story that God made up. It's a story that our Lord created, a story that he made up to teach us many different lessons. And when we look at the story, we think of a story of this person, this son, who leaves, repents, returns, huge party, and it's, it gives us a lot of hope and excitement because we relate to this younger brother. But today we're gonna talk about something different. And I'm a little biased because in the story there's two brothers. There's a younger brother and an older brother. And I personally am an older brother. So I figured let me focus on the older brother. And the idea was to look at this and see what lessons are we trying to see? What, what is our Lord teaching us from the perspective of the older brother? So as I was doing this, I was looking into the different brothers in, in the uh, Bible, and I found something very interesting. We see many pairs of brothers, but it's always the case that the older brother is very negative. It's portrayed very badly. So it didn't go as I planned. When we look at Cain and Abel, Cain was older. We know how that story ended up. When we look at Esau and Jacob, as we're studying in the book of Genesis on Thursday, we just read last week, and we saw how that story ended up. Also, Esau was older. We even look at the stories of not just one older brother, but a group of older brothers with their younger brother, Joseph. And we also see how that story ended up. So we kind of see that many times when there's two siblings or even more, the older brother is more on the, on, on the negative. But there's lessons to be learned here. When we look at this story and we look at the prodigal son, the younger brother, we see a story of awareness and self-examination, where when he left his father, when he hit rock bottom, it says he came to himself and returned. And it's an exciting moment. We also see the the, the act of repentance. The story of repentance and change. And then we also see the story of mercy in the father. But the older brother has the same three, but it's the lack of those three. So the first thing we'll talk about is the lack of awareness. This older brother lacked awareness. He lacked self-examination. And I'll tell you something even scarier, that... Many times we're excited and want to connect and want to relate to the younger brother. But many times we are more like the older brother. The older brother is the type of person that comes to church, that is in church. He's here. He knows you you want him to recite verses, he'll recite verses. You want to give him, uh, uh, tell him to... to to chant Mughalu by himself, he'll do it, no problem, right? You want him to to know, give him a Bible test, he'll pass it. He'll do great. But the self-awareness sometimes is missing. And so the older brother symbolizes the people who come to church many times, the people who feel good and are comfortable in their situation. And this lack of awareness causes many problems. The fathers speak about this lack of awareness many, many times. St. Gregory in a poem about the soul. So St. Gregory the theologian wrote many poems. That was his way of teaching theology. And in one of the poems he says, you have a job to do soul, and a great one. If you like, examine yourself. What is you what it is you are and how you act, where you come from and where you are going to end. And whether to live this whether to live is this very life you are living or something else besides. You have a job to do soul, by these things cleanse yourself. The idea from St. Gregory, saying that we have a role, the soul has a role to do. It must examine ourselves, and the fathers say that without examining ourselves, there is no growth. We have put a wall. When we don't examine ourselves, we put a wall between, it's as if we're here at church, and then all of a sudden we close the veil. We've, We've now created a separation between us and God. Why? Because of our lack, of awareness. St. Basil says, attention to yourself will be of itself a sufficient guide to the knowledge of God. We can't say we want to get to know God when we refuse to examine ourselves or we are afraid to examine ourselves. So realizing our sin allows us to realize what we need to change. The problem with, this, uh, with, uh, with awareness is sometimes we feel we look fine. We dress nicely. We serve a lot. We come and we're willing to do anything. We know the right things to do. We know the right things to say. But inside is, needs change. Inside needs dirty. And which character or characters... Does this remind us of in, in the Bible? The Pharisees. And you know what's interesting is this these parables, this was a part of a, a group of parables that our Lord was speaking to. And who was he speaking to? He was speaking to, of course, his disciples. Of course, people who followed him. But the Pharisees were there. And so he was pointing at the Pharisees as he was speaking. And he's looking at them. And he's speaking. And he's saying... Pharisees, you're unaware. Yeah, you know all the laws. You have them memorized. And you pray multiple times a day. But you're unaware of your own sin. And so this, looking inwardly, allows us to change. But without that, without truly being honest, because like we always give the example that the fathers use about the church being a hospital. I love that example. But if you go to the doctor, if you go to the doctor, and you tell him everything's fine, the doctor's going to say, okay, great, you just made my life very easy, I'll see you, bye. But instead, we need to go to the doctor and say, okay, this week, I've been feeling this, 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 this. And you you tell them all the issues. And what happens? They prescribe. The doctor prescribes. But it won't prescribe if we don't first say, I'm sick. The second thing is, and we see this, by the way, in the story of the the prodigal son himself. He was aware that he hit rock bottom. He couldn't even eat what the, what the pigs were eating. He was, and he realized. And then one specific verse he says, and he came to himself. That flash, like that light bulb that flashes in your head, that realization that like, no, no, no. I, I have to stop this sin. I have to stop what I'm doing. I'm not, I can't, I need to fix myself. And you know what? It's harder It's harder when we think we're good. He realized he wasn't good, and he fixed himself. It's harder when we are serving. It's harder when we are coming to church every Sunday. It's harder. It's it's harder when when we can memorize things. It's harder. And so this is where we need to focus. Next is the the lack of repentance it wasn't enough it wasn't enough to realize but he returned he went back the prodigal son didn't just come to himself and just stay quiet no he returned he turned back and started heading back to his father and he started thinking about what am i going to say i'm going to say like he has so many servants i'm going to be like them I'm going to do this, this, this. And this is us when we go and plan after we repent, after we sit with ourselves and we realize and we, we repent, we start thinking about confession and, and, all, and what we're going to confess and all these things. But the brother lacked repentance. He was there. He was in the church. He was there. He was in the house. He never left. We would see him and say, oh, he's such a good guy. Look at his bro- brother who left. He's the worst. But he, he stayed strong next to his dad. He didn't move. So even from the outside perspective, he looks great. But the lack of repentance is a problem. Many times we look at repentance as a negative thing. Like uh, I have to, I'm bad. I'm I, like the self pity idea. That's not what the fathers teach us uh, about repentance. Uh, Archbishop Callisto Ware, of blessed memory, he just recently passed away. In his famous book called The Orthodox Way, he writes. Correctedly understood, repentance is not negative, but positive. It means not self-pity but or remorse, but conversion. The recentering of our whole life upon the Trinity. It is to look not backward with regret, but forward with hope. Not downwards at our own shortcomings, but upwards at God's love. It is to see not what we have failed to be, but what by divine grace we can become. And it is an act and it is to act upon what we see. Repentance is positive. We don't go we don't go to repent to sit with God to just apologize for things that we've done. God doesn't that's not what God wants. Yes, of course, apologies are important, or or the sense of like realizing that we've messed up is important. That's fine that's fine but that's not the goal the goal is conversion the goal is transformation the goal is a life change and that life change happens when we look at repentance in a positive way what is going to change and repentance is followed by the the, uh, the sacrament of confession the problem is many times we skip we skip that part we skip repentance and go straight to confession. It's easier sometimes, weirdly enough, to talk to Abuna than it is to talk to God and really be vulnerable between me and God. And this is what we have to change. And this is what we need to work on. And I always bring this up when I'm talking about repentance and confession. Because just like the older brother, he didn't feel a need for it. And many times, as we grow older... The older brother, we become the older brother. And we feel no need for repentance. No need for confession. That's a little kid thing. I've, I'm older now. I know, I know what's right and what's wrong. That's even worse. We know what's right and what's wrong, but we don't want to confess. And the older we get, the more we do not want to confess. We're, we're more embarrassed. We're more uncomfortable. And that's dangerous. We say during the, the liturgy, we say, that communion is given for us for remission of sins. So for us to be here, it remits our sins. But this happens through change as well as our a partaking of the sacrament. Lastly, we see in the prodigal son story, this great level of mercy and love, that once the son returned, the father ran to him, cut him off from his little speech that he has prepared, cut him off, said, no, 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 no. I love you, don't worry, just come back, I will take care of you. Let's throw a huge party, here's a robe, here's a ring, here's everything, don't worry. And that's how our father treats us. That there's a celebration, our Lord made the story up to show us this, the level of celebration for just one person to return. He did all of this for this one person. He could have said, "Well, you owe me my money with interest. Give me back. Tell me exactly what you've done. You've done this, 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 this." And this is not what God. This is not who God is. But at the same time, we see the story. But it's also the older brother who has a lack of mercy and a lack of love. Where he sees this huge event, his, this huge party. And the Bible says, when he heard, he got angry. He got angry, he got spiteful. He said, how come? I've been here all day. I've been here all this whole time. I haven't left. Where's the party for me? I haven't had any parties recently. But our Lord is trying to teach us He's showing us this level of mercy and love and this level of lack of mercy and love. And honestly, we feel sometimes that God has no mercy or love towards us. Sometimes we look at like, we have this mentality and we say, it's not fair. God God gives many people different things but he doesn't give me this. That's not fair. We look to people around us and we, we compare ourselves and we say, That's, this, person this, this person has this, this person has this gift or this quality. I don't have this. This person has this material thing. I don't have this. We start comparing. And it's very negative, it's very bad. But you know what? When we say, life's not fair, God's not fair, It's true, God is not fair, God is not fair, and thank God he's not fair, because if he was fair, if he was fair, we'd be in a lot of trouble, if he was fair, so all of the sins that I've committed, and we've all committed, if he was fair, we'd be in a lot of trouble, but out of his love, he's not fair. He has mercy on us. Mercy overcomes this like justice, this faith part, this, this uh, uh, fair part. It overcomes It, it makes no sense. Mercy has, makes no sense. And that's why we say it all through Lent, because a part of our repentance is not only to understand God's mercy, but also for us to have mercy on others. And sometimes we lack mercy on others. We cry to God in the liturgy. We say this about 10,000 times, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. We say it in a million languages, a million times. What does that mean? What does Lord have mercy mean? It means that as the Lord forgives us, and pours His mercy on us. Even the word, uh, some some people translate it as, the, the pouring of oil. Like as mercy comes over us, that's the idea. And so we ask for mercy in like an abundance. Lord have mercy on us, a sinner. So we also need to have mercy. The problem is we become the gatekeepers. We become like the older brother and we question everything. How come, how come this person is serving? How come this person is coming to church? How come this person is able to do this, able to do that? How come this person... Is, oh, Abuna might not, must not know. Or this person is tricking... No. We need to have mercy... And we say, blessed are those who have mercy. And this is a constant theme. So as we, as we are going through Lent, next week is halfway, even more than halfway, probably. And so the idea is, take advantage of this time to work on our return like the prodigal son, our awareness, our repentance, and our mercy. That our Lord constantly shows us and helps us reveal itself to us. And in doing so, we are transformed and we truly can celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. And glory be to God forever. Amen.